Hello and welcome to Walk the Pod, your daily walking show where I take my podcast for a walk because I don't have a dog. My name is Rachel Wheeling, a comedian walking along a cycle path in southwest London on a tiny dust moat in space, swirling around the western arm of the galaxy somewhere in the universe. It's the most beautiful day in the world. The sun is blazing in a sort of early morning way, blazing with not an enormous amount of heat, it has to be said, but blazing nevertheless down on the meadowy bit of this bike track that I've walked along 200 odd times now. And there's thousands of people out, kids going to school, people cycling, joggers. It's one of those beautiful days where everybody is getting as much sun on their backs as they can possibly manage. And I've come out at 8am because I was so excited when I woke up this morning to find the day as beautiful as it is. There's not a cloud in the sky, there's one or two contrails, uh, which which have a special special section in the Cloud Spotter's Guide that I've been reading recently. Must add that to the Series 15 reading list, actually. Don't think I've got that on there at the moment. What I have got is... uh, a new book, The Art of Rest, by Claudia Hammond, which I'm enjoying enormously. Highly recommend that to you. So welcome along to Walk the Pod. So The Art of Rest by Claudia Hammond is a book about the rest test, which is a big survey that got done uh, a year or two ago, uh, which, which, was, which was filled in by 18,000 people and surveyed people on their attitudes to rest and also the things they like to do to rest and then the top 10 rest activities have been made into chapters 1 to 10 of this fabulous book and the first chapter is about mindfulness and actually it's completely revitalized my interest in mindful walking because I think actually This is not a walking meditation podcast, but this is a mindful walking podcast because it's very much about what we can, uh, the benefits that can be, can be achieved by, by walking and paying attention to what's directly around us. So it is in fact a mindful walking podcast and two things which I want to draw to your attention from the book that I've discovered so far, two different, well, actually one's from a one's from a different book. Two different types of breathing that I've discovered in the last few days. There is a type of breathing uh, which which was written about by Viv Groskop in a book I just read called How to Own the Room. Uh, and there's square breathing from The Art of Rest. So I wanted to bring you two different types of breathing on the podcast today, potties. Uh, I'm going to do that later on. I hope you are well. I hope you're enjoying yourself wherever you are. Uh, we've been trying to work out how to have fun. And so the first thing I want to bring you today is a voice note from Nige in Galicia, who has a few ideas about how to have fun. Hello, mate. Uh, some suggestions for you for happiness causes. Uh, I was wondering how your baby uh, date went today. We're going to meet a one-month-old baby. So hanging out with small kids and babies including your kids as well when when they're in a cute mood i imagine um it's got to be a good source of happiness it's good you mentioned music and dancing that was good uh, you didn't really mention music per se but but you know finding a really good tune turn it on loud um 
but you certainly mentioned uh, dancing, which is good. You didn't mention sex, general diddling and general horn. You know, obviously that's a, a good potential happiness causer. Lots of um, dolphins with good orgasms and um, filling up somebody else that you fancy. And, and the other thing, though, that I think you're missing, and I think you might be missing this, and I think you need to think about incorporating this, is, is hippie festivals and, and, and to some extent immersing yourself in nature. And I was thinking back, my sister just went to a hippie festival, like hippie woman's retreat thing. Uh, last weekend and I think that sort of thing would be cool for you I think you'd like it you get a lot of joy and happiness from that and I was just thinking back to my festivals when we'd like have set up camp and I'd be like sitting by the fire and just kind of hearing the buzz of the festival around you it's really really cool really good source of joy I do generally have a sort of an alcohol association with festivals which I've sometimes wondered about tackling you do get quite good hippie festivals that are dry anyway so that's quite good as an option but um uh, I remember one example of, of immersion in nature at a hippie festival was one of the first ones we went to as a family when we were getting into hippie festivals was Wild Heart that came into the wild that I think you know about. Um, but um, one thing they did was when we arrived, they, we found they built a nest, a human-sized nest in the forest at floor level, but it was like woven around the edges nest, pretty big, like 12, 15 foot wide diameter, and loads of straw in it. And it was just so cool to like sit in this nest and be like a human you know um what's the word like bird baby what are they called chicks like a chick you know like a human chick and just sit in this thing and just like kind of interact with other people and just look at the stars when the stars are out at night it was just so cool it was so amazing so you know that sort of thing i think you should be looking at getting into your life okay but otherwise <clears throat> i hope the baby cuddling was good i'm jealous i wish i could be holding my grandson baby but uh very happy for you okay bye Thanks, Nigel. There's some excellent suggestions there. Uh, you talk about having sex, Nigel. You assume I have someone to have sex with. I mean, I just don't. But it's a nice idea. Um, and before people start leaving messages about how I can have sex with myself, I just want to remind you that this is a family walking meditation show. Um, no, it's fine. I mean, there's nothing weirder about having sex with yourself than there is with having sex with somebody else. But the other thing you have to remember is that my dad listens to this podcast. So... Uh, but I, I love the idea of um, a hippie retreat. Uh, that sounds amazing. Where does one get one from? Uh, how, do I, how do I sign up to go on a hippie women's retreat? And, um, and how, do I find, how do I find a nest to sit in? That sounds absolutely adorable. I uh, really like that idea, going and being a chick for a few, few hours. Sounds great. So very up for that. Uh, I, re- I, I feel like uh, the I feel like it's something that one could have done more easily in the before times than right now. And uh, but I'm sure this stuff will come back. Just found a cat on on the psychopath, so I'm just just stopping to stroke the cat because I mean. If this is a mindful walking podcast, one can absolutely stop to have a little stroke of a cat that seems to be just just lying in the sunshine, just having a lovely time and not remotely bothered that I've come over to pet it. Oh, yeah. Somebody frantically trying to get some toddlers to come along the road over there and they're absolutely not having any of it because there's a cat here. They want to fuss the cat. Of course they do. So do I, for that matter. 
anyway so thank you very much indeed to Nige for those suggestions if you have any ideas about how to have fun without imbibing enormous amounts of booze or drugs please let me know because I'm very interested at the moment uh, you can go to rachelwheelyisfunny.com and leave me 59 seconds of your beautiful voice Claudia Hammond talks about gardening and I know that my family are very very into gardening and in fact we have a a group chat called Garden Shears. And in Garden Shears, people talk about what gardening they're doing. And I'm not doing much at the moment because I don't have any outside space in my flat, but that may be sorted out soon. And also I feel like I have this cycle path is kind of, I've just sort of adopted it as my garden. I'm not actually gardening in it, but I get to at least spend time in nature on it every day. And I'm pretty sure that Spending time in nature is is one of the chapters of the book. Something I keep finding out about various means recently is forest bathing. I'm very interested to find out what that might be. So yes, very interesting. Rest is the the sort of um, the accompaniment to sleep. And Claudia Hammond's sort of thesis is that rest is as important as sleep. And we should make sure that we get lots of it as well as lots of sleep. So I'm going to attempt to do that. And I think actually I do get quite a lot of rest, it has to be said. Although the kids are coming around soon, so there'll be quite a lot less of that over the next few days. Uh, As per usual, I will be taking a break while the kids are here. So I'll be recording episode 13 tomorrow. And then episode 14, the last of a series 15, will be coming on Monday. So look out for that. And then we'll be on to series 16. So now is around the time when I start collecting ideas of what to talk about in the next series. So let me know if you have any thoughts. I've already told you how to voice note me. You can voice note me on WhatsApp if you have my number as well. And if that doesn't work for you, you can email rach at rachelwheelie.com. Now, two types of breathing, as promised. Uh, The first is square breathing. Now, this is something that Claudia Hammond writes about in the first chapter of her book, The Art of Rest, which I'm reading at the moment. And square breathing is where you find a square in the environment, be it a window, I mean, it could be a rectangle, but ideally a square. Could be a window, could be your square alarm clock, could be your square brother. No, that doesn't work. Uh, Could be your square, um, what other square things are there? Well, windows are good, and I think You know, you could always use a door, but sort of use one of the panels as the bottom edge of it. Anyway, the point is, you find a square in your environment. You fix your eyes on the top left-hand corner of the square. And you trace along the top of the square with your eyes to the top right-hand corner. Are you following this? Uh, And while you do that, you inhale. And then you hold your breath as you trace your eyes from the top right-hand corner to the bottom right-hand corner. You exhale as you trace from the bottom right-hand corner to the bottom left-hand corner. And then you hold the breath again until you get back to the point at which you started and then you do it all again. And it's, it's a very relaxing and restful way to breathe. And I think the idea is that you take full breaths And you do this quite a lot. And it is the same as doing the big belly breaths we were doing on the podcast a few episodes ago where 
the full breath which inflates your whole belly uh, makes contact with the small walnut-sized panic station in your brain called the amygdala and tells it, look, we're breathing in a particularly relaxed way, there can't be any danger. Um, and it sort of reverse engineers your anxiety to just be like, I mean, this looks like everything's fine. Problem with our anxiety is we're sort of, we're evolutionarily programmed to spot danger in the environment, but the danger in the environment these days is Martin from accounts approaching as opposed to a tiger. And so it's very difficult sometimes to to sort of separate out actual dangers and and uh, just things which are going to induce stress, really. But, um, but this square breathing is very good for stress, apparently, as well. And I think it is, having given it a little go. Uh, I, I also want to tell you about another type of breathing, which was written about by Viv Groskop in a book called How to Own the Room, which I, which I read incredibly fast. It's a very quick read. You can get How to Own the Room and you can read it within four hours. So recommend that. That's a very good book about the sort of practicalities of public speaking, not what to write, but how to, how to sort of carry yourself in order to engage people's attention and hold it. Uh, something Viv Groskop is good at. Talks about being happy high status. Imagine the amount of high status that George Clooney has. How to have that, you know, how to have the amount of high status that Michelle Obama commands these days, that sort of thing. So that's a very good book. I'll add that to the Series 15 reading list on the show notes for this as well. When I get a second. And, uh, in fact, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a Patreon post for the patrons about about the series 15 reading list because I feel there's quite a lot on it now we've got the art of rest we've got the cloud spotters guide we've got how to own the room we've got the wisdom of anxiety there's lots and lots of books there that we've been reading this series so I think I'm going to write a little public patreon post which you'll be able to see at patreon.com forward slash Rachel Wheelie is funny anyway I've been trailing this now for a minute and a half, haven't actually told you what the breathing technique is. So the breathing technique that Viv Groskop writes about in How to Own the Room is that you, you stand with your feet slightly separated, not, not, a, not a George Osborne conservative politician power stance, that would be too much, but just you plant your feet uh, sort of so that they're directly under your shoulders, directly underneath you. You, you ground yourself into the floor, you, you feel the the soles of your feet and how they connect to the earth underneath if you're walking or the stage if you're standing on a stage and then you breathe through your feet imagine that your feet are where you breathe from and inhale from your feet all the way up to your to your face (laughs) or breathe from your feet into your lungs if you prefer And then hold it for a couple of seconds if you can, because I think that helps uh, to, to keep the lungs fully inflated and then exhale out of your feet again. And that can be very calming indeed. And then the other, the other piece of how to do mindful walking is to, is to engage all of your senses as you walk along and spend a few moments paying attention to what's directly in front of you with your 
with what you can see, what you can hear, what you can smell, maybe even what you can taste. And I think, I think there are different tastes in the air as, uh, as the seasons change. When I stepped out of the front door just now, it was a scent of, this is a beautiful day. And I can't even tell you what that consisted of, really. It was just, the sun suddenly shone on my face. And I could sort of smell and taste the beautiful day just as much as I could see with my eyes, the sunlight glinting off the pavement. So, so wherever you're walking today, let's take a moment just to pay attention to what's directly in front of us. What I can see right now is an abundance of green leaves everywhere on the horse chestnut tree directly in front of me, the sycamore tree that's towering over me right now. I can see kids playing before school cricket in the Wimbledon Chase Primary School playground. Quite, it's quite organised. There's some, there's some cricket people actually having organised official cricket matches. Uh, lots of kids in bibs. They're in nets, essentially, except they don't have any nets. Uh, and they're, they're practising they're practicing swinging at the ball with cricket bats. They've got wickets up and everything. It's quite organised. Uh, I can see people walking their kids to school. Somebody else walking along with their jumper over their shoulder, having already worked out that won't be necessary today. And the beautiful plantings that have been put in place of the ocean puddle are here as well. Somebody walking along with one kid in each hand and the smallest kid has a lunchbox in their hand. And behind them, somebody pushing a pram with a tiny tot inside. Oh, that, that reminds me, Nigel asked how the baby cuddling was. It was great. There's something, something very uh, powerful about cuddling a one-month-old baby in that they have a they have a specific sort of smell of new human. Uh, they have a specific sort of way of looking at you, which is sort of like, I can't quite focus on your face and I'm trying to move my face backwards so I can focus on your face, but my, but my head doesn't move in a way that makes much sense or is particularly under my control at the moment. And similarly, all of their limb movements are a little bit sort of involuntary. And it just, it took me right back to when my kids were little and, and this family have a two-year-old as well. And I thought, my gosh, you have had a baby when you have a two-year-old, are you insane? And then remembered that actually that's what everybody does. And that's in fact what I did, twice. I just, I just simply forgot how, how tiny a two-year-old is. Uh, and, it, and it takes you, I suddenly realized, I was like, oh, of course, because when, when you're young and you're just having your kids, I mean, ignore this if you're not having kids or interested in having kids, but when you're young and you're having your kids, you don't really understand that having another kid when you have a two-year-old is completely bonkers. You don't really get that because you're like, well, they seem very big to me. They can, they can walk, they can talk, they're fine. But actually, when you have a six, eight and 11-year-old, you look at a two-year-old and you just think, I mean, don't have another baby now. That would be mad. But of course... But of course, this information is not available to you when, uh, when you have a little one. And it's your first one. 
Anyway, that's too much information on the baby cuddling. The baby cuddling was absolutely adorable, uh, is the point. And uh, it was an absolute delight to meet this new person. Um, made me very, very happy. So, this has been a very long episode today. I seem to have a, an enormous amount to talk to you about. Maybe it's just that the sun is shining and that makes me want to uh, talk for a long time because it's just it's just a beautiful day and I'm just really enjoying recording the podcast. I've got my sunglasses on. Where do we get to with our mindful walking? I think I told you what I could see directly in front of me. I'm going to going to just pay attention just for a minute or two to what I can hear. And what I can hear is uh, tots on scooters. I mean, I can also see them, but let's let's pay attention to what I can hear without looking. So I can hear scooters rolling along the pavement. I can hear birds in the trees. I can hear my own stomach rumbling for I have not had any breakfast yet because I bounded out of the door, having flung back the duvet in great excitement that the sun was shining today. There's actually a lot of birds singing today. I can hear I can hear a bird at seven o'clock and one also at three. If that makes any sense to you, military-minded clock-based people. I'm just listening to see if I can hear anything further away. The other thing I can hear is is my own feet scuffing along through long grass. I can hear distant traffic. As I take a deep breath in through my feet. I can hear somebody opening a car door in in the distance over there. And if I turn my attention now to smell it just smells fresh that's all I can really tell you not very not very good at articulating smells and my sense of smell is not brilliant either but wherever you are today have a good sniff as the Thames link goes over the railway bridge behind me you can hear that now so I think I think there's an enormous amount to be said for mindful walking of course the other thing the other thing that you can do which we don't think we've spoken about before is to pay attention to how the ground feels underfoot. I'm walking through the meadowy bit because the cycle path has a pavement for walking, a cycle path for cycling, and then a big meadowy bit, which is for toddlers and dogs. But also you can walk along the meadowy bit and, and a sort of furrow has been burned through the, not burned, but like <laughs> pressurized through the grass all the way along here where people have walked the meadowy bit. and. And underfoot, it's uneven. There are bits of chipping down at various points that lead away from people's garden gates. There is, uh, there are tussocks of grass which bend my feet from side to side as I walk over them. There are little stones which occasionally provide a little stab into the bottom of my trainer. And all of this helps me connect to the present moment with you. 
So I've been talking for an enormously long time now. This is going to be twice the length of a normal episode. So I kind of apologise, but at the same time, I, I make no apology for, for revelling in a beautiful day. Uh, it's just it's just a lovely day to be alive. So I hope you I hope you have a wonderful one today. Thank you so much for walking with me as ever. And if you'd like to join the Patreon Walk the Pod Walking Club, go to patreon.com forward slash Rachel Wheelie is funny, where I'm going to be posting a public post today about the Series 15 reading list. And if you join the Walk the Pod Walking Club, you'll get access to all the other posts that I've posted, of which there are sort of eight or nine now, but I'm going to keep... I keep publishing there every couple of days. I have a newsletter, rachelwheelie.substack.com, if you want to join my newsletter distribution list. And if you'd like to help me support the show, if you'd like to help me spread the word about the show, I should say, please tell someone about it. Or give us a, a rating or a review on the platform you're listening to this on, because every single one helps other people to find it. And I think people are starting to find it again. When I put music in the show, lots of people are listening to it and I don't know how the algorithms managed to get it to them. Since I took the music out of the show, the listening figures have gone through the floor, but they're beginning to creep up again and people are finding the podcast. So help me out with that. Tell people about Walk the Pod, particularly people who might... uh, might want to take advantage of the opportunity to get away from their desks at lunchtime. If I have one mission in life, it is to try to get people to step away from their desks at lunchtime. Office workers need breaks at lunchtime and you need to, you need to take a walk away from your desk, preferably in nature if you possibly can, and get away from the, get away from the screen. And if nothing else, this podcast can be can be a reminder to do that. So, I will bring you episode 13 tomorrow, episode 14 on Monday, and then we'll be into series 16 of this walking, mindful walking podcast, Walk the Pod. Take care of yourselves and don't forget to speak kindly to yourself and all the voices in your head.